Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hi, everyone. This is Excellent Adventure. Wow. Your enthusiasm for this podcast is really just overflowing. How do you know it's about the podcast? Oh, okay. Anyway. Well, I'm Dory. I'm Matt. Welcome, everyone. Returning listeners. New listeners. Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure, episode 1073. Still no baby. We're told we should probably stop. We're both in our hundreds. We're both in our hundreds? Yeah, this is episode 1073. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, here we are. It's uh, it's Mother's Day. Yep, it's Mother's Day. We took the flying car out to uh, space camp to pick up Bo. Oh, we're in the future. This is episode 1000. Oh, I see. Dory doesn't understand the whole <laughs> improv game. <laughs> I'm not an improviser. You are much better than than you give yourself credit for. Um, yeah, I I think, honey, I think Bo's dead. Oh no no no! This is Bo seventeen. He's our clone. Oh right. Yeah, we've cloned Bo seventeen times. Is he the is he is he the same as Bo as Bo one point Why are you asking me? You live with him. <laughs> I know, but I thought you'd have a better perspective on it. Oh, that. okay. Just kidding, everyone. This is uh, episode 84 of Excellent Adventure. We still don't have a child. That's true. And it still is Mother's Day. And it still is Mother's Day. So that's exciting. Yeah. A uh, happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there, and a happy Mother's Day to all you people trying. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. If you trying. have uh, If you have a mother you'd like to wish happy Mother's Day to... That's weird because you're probably listening to this on Monday and you missed the boat. Yep. Okay. We talked to our moms. 
Uh, we did. I fa- we did not at, not at the same time though. No, which I thought was weird. Was it? Yeah. I mean, you had your door closed. I was on the I was on the horn. Um, my mom was at the car wash. Okay. And then she was like, like all of a sudden it got really loud, and I was like, I can't hear it. She's like, Oh, I'm in the car wash. Oh. I was like, Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I'll talk to you later. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're back from vacation. We had a lovely time, but I discovered that I am enormous. I feel like I've, I don't know for a fact, but I think I've put on like 20 pounds just from not smoking. You. So I asked the question, what's better smoking or killing yourself with food? Hmm. Let's have, have a discussion out there. Everybody figure hmm. out an answer. Get back to me. I don't know. Maybe you should try e-cigarettes. <laughs> That's not any better. Like a teen. Um, no, they. I mean, they're still addictive, and they still. There's no. But there aren't any conclusive studies yet. So I just read a whole New Yorker article about them. Oh yeah, what about them? Well, they don't have all the tar and all the other. Yeah, but they chemicals. have God knows what else. They don't have that much. People are getting popcorn lung from that. No, they're actually not. What? That's that's a that's a misconception, apparently. From whom? This article disproves that. Was this article written by Big E Cigarette? No, it was written by Gia Tolentino. Who owns stock in a thousand e cigarettes? <laughs> Who is the CEO of Philip Morris? It's so weird. Oh my god. I know. You're really blowing the lid off everything. Yep. Right? Yeah. Anyway, I'm not encouraging people to take up e cigarettes, but I'm just saying I don't think, I think all things being equal, they're better than smoking. Why don't we just not do any of that? I, it's great, <laughs> but you are depressed. Yep. And, uh, it's depressing. Well, you know, guys, you want to hear a tale about someone with little to no self-control. I can tell you about my yesterday. Oh boy, this Guys, is, is going to get dark. Here's the deal. I start, you know, I start. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna download some books from from Audible, listen to them on vacation. So I started, like, and you know, started with some good TV books. You know, uh, I really liked um, Warren Littlefield's book about must see TV called Top of the Rock, I believe. Anyway, very good, a lot of fun. Listened on Audible. And then I was like, then I started going like, oh, I don't feel, I feel uh, very annoyed. No, I was seeing photos of us on vacation. And I was like, oh my God, what happened? I ate another me and another me. So then I was like, I better download some books about something to do here. So I downloaded a book on fasting, the complete guide to fasting. And then I was ironically listening to it while uh, sitting at the bar at the hotel when like they brought me my grilled cheese and my beer and i was like why am i listening to a book about fasting <laughs> so you know and then in the book about fasting there was another they mentioned this other guy who has this diet book uh the wild uh, what's it called the wild diet i believe is the name of it yeah anyway so i tortured dory we listened to that for a, a 20 minute 10 minutes in a car and it was, uh, well, it was just, it was, I would describe it as a uh, douche chilling. Yeah, that guy, uh, I would say his personality is like the exact opposite of the type of person that I want to spend time with. Right. Um, so anyway, we're just, I'm just trying to figure it out. So then yesterday I was like, okay, I'll, 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 uh, I'll do, I'll get back on a diet and figure this out. So I'd start my day fine, everything's good, and then I'm like, I'll order some Bloodsos barbecue here in Los Angeles. I'll just get some brisket and some greens, and uh, that'll be my lunch. And I ordered them, but when I opened up Postmates, guys, I discovered that Suzy Cakes exists on Postmates now. If you're not familiar with Suzy Cakes, it's my favorite cake in Los Angeles. The celebration cake is delicious. You guys, I think it's. I like it. I really like it. It's too. I think it's cloyingly sweet for Dory. It's beyond sweet. But I personally love it. Um, I think it's better than 
this, the birthday cake from Mamafuku Milk Bar. I don't like either of them. I like them both a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> I really like a carrot cake. Anyway. And I actually don't think the Susie Cakes carrot cake is that good. I'm not an aficionado of carrot cake. But if Susie's listening, thank you for everything you do out here. I really enjoy all your baked goods, unlike my wife. Uh, so I see that it's on Postmates. You can order cake, and I go, "Oh man, can you order like a slice of cake?" And you can. First, you know, you get your, you can get a slice of the of the celebration cake, which I. Dory left, went to an event, and I was at home by myself with the dog, and I was like, had eaten all right all day, and then I decided to like, oh, I was like, went back into the Postmates app, and I ordered the thing, and then I was like hit pay and then i it was gonna scan my face and i hit cancel i was like oh no i can't do that so i figured great dodge that bullet no cake then what i did was i it was like seven no it was like 6 50 p.m and i looked at my watch and i was like ah oh, too bad Susie cakes closes at like six on saturdays otherwise i'd go right now and get it and i google it and they close at eight and then I drive down there myself, and I was like, well, if there's a spot out front, I'll take it. But if there's no spot out front, then I'll just drive by. There was a spot out front. So I went in, and I got a slice of the uh, celebration cake and a slice of the red velvet. And what did I do? I drove home, which we live a mile and a half from Susie Cakes. I drove home and ate it in the car. What? What? It's insane. So anyway... This makes me sad just because... That's where we're at, everybody. But, you know, today I went for a very long walk, had a good time, and uh, I was like, last night I sort of justified to myself after the fact of like, okay, well, let's pretend that Saturday's my cheat day and I just had it. So that's what I did. I pretended. I think it's, it's, this is, I don't know. This what? is the problem, I think, when you try to restrict yourself is then you binge. Well, I mean, you know, cake's good. I think you should see a therapist that specializes in food issues. Oh, boy. Everybody, I'm just trying to share and be open, and Dory's just trying to send me to more doctors. You know what? What? I, I can't, there's no, there's no... I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be here and support you. <laughs> what? I can't tell how I'm supposed to engage with you about this. What do you mean? Like, do you want help? What help would you be giving? I don't know. Exactly. So I'm just I'm just here to listen. Yeah. Okay. Well so is the audience. Yep. This is the story I'm telling. Yep. This is my week. Yep. That's all I've been thinking about. It just, it it makes me sad. Why? Because you get really sad about it. I do. I get very unhappy about it. And then I, you know, you know, to treat your sadness, what do you do? You eat, guys. That's the cycle. Yeah. Anyway, it used to be very easy. I would just go smoke a cigarette. I know. It's like, I don't want people giving me unsolicited advice about infertility. So I'm trying to give you unsolicited advice about eating well if anyone out there wants to share the story of how they had a miracle diet (laughs) let me know (laughs) let's say you weren't even trying to lose weight and all of a sudden you lost 70 pounds let me know because i would i would be way on board (laughs) Uh. i would i would be thrilled anyway so intermittent fasting guys what is it is it is it good are we doing this what's happening i don't know personally i don't think i can do it just as a human being but you never know. There's no, I have no support structure in place. I have no, no one else to. Uh, this is what I'm saying. I want to. I want to be your support structure, but I don't know how. Well, and and I don't think you know how. Uh, I don't. You know, I had it under control for a while, and then you know, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I met you. Hmm. It all fell apart. Hmm. What is that all about? But I don't overeat. I know. But I was like, I don't know. Whatever. Que sera, sera. 
Maybe it's maybe good news is I'm going back. You know, I'm going. I'm seeing a trainer again. So you know what? Happening. Maybe might. I'm also boxing. You know what is is a thing that no. I think is hard. Oh, and I got a Fitbit Ionic. I think it's hard that I do have self control and I can eat things in moderation. Mm-hmm. So I will want to like go out for a nice dinner and have like yeah, like good maybe fatty food or something, and like I'll have a regular portion and you will eat more because, and then it's like once those floodgates open, what do you mean? I would eat more. I think you, you can't, if something is in front of you, you can't stop eating it. Well, the cake wasn't in front of me. I know. I drove to get it. I know. I don't know. There's no solution. There's no solution. At uh, least not one that I can think of. I, you know, I just need a regiment. I need regiment. I need to not, I need to not be out. I need to not ever eat out of the house. But like, that's, that's really hard. And that's really hard for me as your wife. Do you know what's hard for me? Everything outside of this house. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. Well, I was like, I felt like we had a good compromise where we were eating out on Saturday nights. Yep. Like one night a week we could, well, we, we just could eat spent out. the week at a hotel and I, I was know. eating out three meals a day. Yes, I know. Starting every day with a breakfast buffet. I know. Really not a great place to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did I say, everybody? I said, we're going away and it was going to kick me off the fucking horse because I know me better than anyone else. Anyway, we're seeing Dr. Worthman tomorrow. No, we're seeing him Tuesday. Uh, tomorrow to people who are listening on Monday. We, I, why don't you enjoy shifting timelines with me? <laughs> why do you have to say that today is Mother's Day and it's Sunday? Why do you have to get so agitated? Why is it so complicated for people to understand that we're talking about the day that we're recording it? I don't think we have to like pretend we're recording it on another day. But I like the idea that people are like, oh, this must be from today. It's so fresh. <laughs> but they obviously know that it's not. Well, So you then know, it sounds weird. Whatever. <sighs> Guys... Send help. Yes. Please send help. So we both need it. Well, I need some I need I need I don't know what I need. I have no accountability on the food thing. I have you know, accountability on like going to the gym that I have now figured out. That's why I think you should go to Overeaters Anonymous, because then you'd have a sponsor. I'm I'm my own sponsor. But you just said you have no accountability. Sponsored by Suzy Cakes. And you can't be your own sponsor. Sponsored by Suzy Cakes. Use the promo code Matt. I don't think that's a real promo code. To pay the exact same price you would pay normally. (laughs) That's why I think think you should at least give Overeaters Anonymous a try. When am I going to do that? If you really wanted to, you would make time. When, When? I don't know. When is that? Whenever you can in your schedule. Yeah. See, here's the problem. You don't really want to do it. I do. I just don't you like, don't. I don't like me and therefore I do not like people who are like me and I don't want to be around me. Okay. So that's an issue. I think a lot of, excuse me. I think a lot of people there probably feel the same way. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they got over it. <laughs> You're a tough nut to crack. What's uh, on the agenda, Dory? <clears throat> Well, if everyone could please leave Apple Podcast reviews. I don't think we need to say this anymore. It's a, they get it. Let's, All right, guys. You leave your Apple Podcast reviews. Um, and you can leave us voicemails at 413-461-BABY and email us. DoryMatt at Gmail, Matt and Dory at Gmail. Also, we have a winner of the pre-order contest. Oh, I was wondering when that was going to be determined. I, I selected the winner via a random number generator. Yeah. The winner is Sarah R., Sarah R. Sarah R. Come on down. You're welcome, Sarah Collect R. your prize. Um, How anyway, does she do that? Uh, she emails me with her mailing address. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, thanks to everyone who entered. Thanks to everyone who bought my paperback, Start Up a Novel, a paperback by Dory Shafrir. Yep. Uh, thanks to everyone who's been sending me pictures of the paperback for sale at bookstores across the country targets and indie bookstores alike please keep them coming i love them uh yeah and 
other than our appointment with Dr. Worthman, which, you know, I'm curious what he's going to say and like, what, like, when can we get this show on the road again? I don't know. We have to figure out what the hell's going on with my sperm. Yep. The DNA fragmentation, what what the next step is, how much that's going to cost. Mm-hmm. I mean, that appointment was $1,100. Let's see what the hell else is going on. Here. Yep. That's always so fun. So next week, we're going to have that big update for you. Yep. But this week, uh, enjoy, I hope you enjoyed your update on my um, struggles with uh, food and uh, being a human being. Next. Well, we heard from a lot of people about Miracle Babies. Okay. No Miracle Diets yet. No. Okay. Um, but maybe next week. Maybe. Uh, so this first email is from Janice. Mm-hmm. And she says, um, I totally agree with the miracle stories. I had to pause to type this up. I do think the miracle stories were great and encouraging at the beginning, but the longer you're in this process, the worse those stories are. I hadn't thought about that, but I think that is accurate. Well, you're now like, uh, you're so over everything. You're so over everything. Yes. I'd love to have one of those miracle stories, but with all the disappointments of this process, There haven't been any miracles, just one bad thing after another. Instead of encouraging, those stories make me feel like another failure. What I like for my friends is for them to just listen, ask questions, show their interest, and be there. That's all they need to do. Anyway, uh, also, I binge listened to you guys over the last month and finally caught up. I hate now having to wait a week for another podcast. With that being said, I have a quick question that I don't think was addressed. You should uh, become a Patreon supporter and then you'll get all of our back episodes on Patreon. You'll have so much more to binge. Yep. Um, you mentioned previously that hell no, you will not go to Florida because of Zika. I live in Florida near Orlando, by the way. Just curious what changed that you came to Florida not that long ago. Are you not concerned about Zika anymore or did your doctor clear it since it's been so long without a Zika case? Last thing, love, Bo. Kisses to him. Thanks. I don't know what happened. I said, let's go to Orlando and Dory didn't put up any protestings. Because I don't think that there's Zika in Orlando. You don't? No. Uh, well there you go Janice that's that's your answer there we go Dory, there, there haven't been any um, Dorical like, we'll there haven't her. been any native cases in Florida the cases in Florida have all been people who got it somewhere else interesting so I kind of feel like I did a risk assessment well I did I was not allowed to go to Mexico yep with my friends correct uh, Dory put the kibosh on that yep literally like three weeks ago so but it also was at my on my birthday right so but then we found i found out that it actually wasn't on it's actually right now it's happening oh anyway um here is someone else from kim who also paused the podcast to say that miracle stories are bullshit um and this is coming from someone who tried for two and a half years was finally lucky enough to conceive via iui he's now almost five and has been trying for a second baby for four years including 11 iuis six ivfs and a donor egg cycle and they're currently waiting to be matched with a new donor wow i get that people having good intentions and are coming from a good place but any of us in the depths of infertility hell don't need optimistic stories or advice and i say this with all due love and respect Here's the thing. If you're dealing with infertility, you've already read countless articles and books, consulted with doctors and acupuncturists and nutritionists, tried various supplements and diets and homeopathic treatments. That meditation download, yeah, I've listened to it already. That story about eating full-fat dairy, read it four years ago. Going paleo, trying yoga, relaxing with a glass of fucking wine, done, done, and done. People, those of us in the infertility world think about this shit all the time. Many of us basically have medical degrees by now, given all of our research. We really don't need advice or tips. What we need are friendly ears to listen and hugs and chocolate and someone to say that really fucking sucks. I'm so sorry. And ideally a good laugh about something non-infertility related. You can't solve this for us, which is uncomfortable to hear, but it's the truth. And what you don't realize is that it's actually demeaning that you think you somehow have knowledge that we haven't come across yet. Give us a little credit. Also, when we tell you the decision we've come to as far as next steps be it IVF or donor eggs or sperm or adoption or living child free, please don't make us justify our choices or relive the, de- relive the decision making process with you because it was emotionally exhausting enough to do it the first time. Just listen and trust that we are smart and capable in making the best decisions for ourselves at this point in time, given all that we know and have been through. You guys in your podcast rock. Thanks for keeping it real, Kim. 
Kim, you reminded me of something. While we were on vacation, every reservation was Dory's birthday. <laughs> so there was cake brought for every meal. She celebrated her birthday 18 times <laughs> over the week. And her birthday is not until Wednesday. So that wasn't very helpful. Oh, boy. But anyway, they would bring cake to our room and then cake to our room and then cake after a meal and cake after a meal. Anyway, Kim, thank you for sharing your story and best of luck to you. Uh, when, and I hope you're very quickly and happily matched with a new donor. Yeah, ditto. And she also brings up something else that I feel like has come up a couple times with that I wanted to emphasize, which is sometimes like you just want to be able to talk about something that is not infertility related, you know, with friends. Mm-hmm. I feel like this doesn't come up as much for you. But sometimes when I see people who I haven't seen in a while, I feel like they're just waiting for the chance to be like, so how's it going? You know, yeah. like how's the IVF stuff? And like, I get that all the time. I know, but I'm like, first of all, like just listen to the podcast. <laughs> That's where we're very different. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't like, I sort of mean that. I don't. I, I kind of mean that. I to listen to this podcast. Um, but I'm also like, Sometimes I just really don't feel like talking about it. I have gotten better at being like, can we talk about something else? So. (laughs) What? You're really particular lately. You're very persnickety with everything. What do you mean? I mean, you're just like, you're so, well, that's not the right phrasing at all, actually. What I mean is you're at your wit's end. (laughs) That's really what I wanted to say. You seem to be at your wit's end. With IVF? Yeah. And with everything surrounding it, up to and including this podcast, people asking you about it, doctor appointments, et cetera. Yeah. So. I'm over it. Well, there you go, everybody. She's over it. I guess <laughs> I'm over it, too. I'm just like, what? Like, what is the point? Why are you, why are they making us jump through all these hoops? The whole thing is pointless. Yeah, I think if they had just waited on that cycle. Okay, but they didn't, so let's move on. But I asked them to. I said, hey, are you sure? Are you sure? We know. You're right. You're always right about everything. That's not true. Certainly not right about whether or not I should have cake. Mm. Uh, This is from Jessica. Hey, Doria Matt. I absolutely love the podcast. Since listening, I've been able to feel normal about what I'm dealing with uh, because of your raw emotions and honest conversations. Hey, how about that? Someone enjoys us. Uh, I hate when people say they're a pauser, but guess what? I paused the car. <laughs> uh, a thousand percent. That's a uh, hundred thousand. Nope, that's a million percent. Agree with Dory. Hearing people's miracle baby stories is not helpful. Tired of people doing... Uh, what and saying what they think others should do it's bullshit uh if infertility has taught me anything it's that these people aren't honest especially no it's that people aren't. sorry honest. it's that people aren't honest especially in this world uh picture perfect lives on social media telling someone a miracle baby story only comforts the person telling it they want to think that they know about the subject find a way to relate which isn't necessary listening uh is also a great attribute and try to fix their problem no offense matt but you're a people pleaser Ooh, she's got you pegged i'm happy to be a people pleaser. i'm delighted to please people it's not our job to make everyone feel comfortable and pleasant disagree it's my job to make sure I'm uncomfortable so that someone can feel better about whatever the fuck they need to feel better about. Uh, as a recovering people pleaser, I mean that in a nice way. It's okay to think about you and your feelings. I disagree. Uh, I think of it this way. I've never had cancer. I'm not going to tell someone who told me that they had cancer about all the third-party stories I've heard. It's not my place to solve their problem, but it is to listen and be there for them had to tell people who i've told i had infertility to that i just need them to listen i don't need advice or stories uh i was a bad in i was a bad infertile 
I think she's using infertile as a noun. Ah, it was a bad infertile. That's what I'll say. <laughs> during uh, what? National Infertility, Infertility Awareness Week. National Infertility Fuck Week. <laughs> because I didn't, quote, come out. Uh, I just don't want to hear people's BS replies. Uh, their comments about God's timing uh, isn't going to cure my endometriosis. I feel, sorry, I felt it would open the door for a lot of unwanted questions. Don't get me wrong. I tell people what I'm going through, just not on social media. Uh, anyways, thanks for being my Monday podcast. I cannot thank you enough for sharing your story and connecting me with others who are going through the process. I've been able to go back to the old me, but just wiser and a whole lot more honest. Uh, and take less BS. Another podcast I've heard uh, that helps me cope is also terrible. Thanks for asking in case anyone, uh, listeners are wondering, it helped me get over the why me and makes me realize everyone's life isn't perfect. So, uh, the host of terrible thanks for asking is Nora McInerney, who is one of my friends and she's going to be on forever 35 soon. So are you plugging another show yeah. on this show? I'm plugging my other show. On How this show. dare you? Well, it came up. It was topical. Okay. Nora's great. Her husband, her first husband died of brain cancer. Is that her defining characteristic? Um, She's kind of turned it into a thing. Okay. Well, I mean, you're making it sound like a bad thing. No, I'm just like, it was a weird, that was a weird well, she she started a whole thing like for other young widows and ah. like a lot of like support stuff. I see. And her podcast is called Terrible Thanks for Asking, and it's like about people dealing with hard things. Yeah. Well, I think that sounds like it's worth a listen. It's really good. Uh, oh God, is this my mother? No. Okay, different Mary. <laughs> Hi, Matt and Dory. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Sorry I'm late to the conversation party. For what it's worth, I listen every Monday uh, on my commute, and I've emailed a few times. A few thoughts. This whole Miracle Baby thing. I'm inclined to be Team Dory. Was I not Team Dory? I just was Team... I don't even remember my stance. You were Team... I do remember, like... You were Team People Just Mean Well. Don't be... Don't be mad at them for trying to mean well. Don't be mad at them for... That sounds like me. Uh... I hope I can articulate the whole, I didn't intend to hurt your feelings well, no shit, of course you didn't, but be open to constructive criticism. It's understandable uh, that when you have been through something or it's new, you don't know what to say, so naturally you're going to float some bad ideas, but just accept each person is different and will react differently. Sorry, it's ridiculous to think that there's one way to talk to all people going through IVF. So look at a person's face when you say something. If it looks like you said the wrong thing, don't get defensive. Just own it and ask what will be helpful. Uh, For those people, I just hear lots of, I just want to say the right thing or I just want to connect. It's not... You skipped an important part. For those people, I just hear lots of me, me, me. Right. I did skip that. I want to say the right thing. I just want to... I skipped that sentence. Mm -hmm. I read it wrong yep i'm going to keep reading it's not about you home slice if you're trying to support someone you need to think about that person this is a really elementary example but if you spent all day making uh, me a rack of ribs even if they worked really really hard on it i'm a vegetarian so i'm never gonna eat it i can appreciate the thought but yeah sorry no Uh, whenever you do something for someone do it for them not for the way it makes you feel and sorry now i'm riled up the whole just trying to relate, just trying to connect thing. I would argue saying something like, well, my sister's so-and-so had so-and-so had a baby. As soon as she threw away her baby clothes or whatever, is, the example is, is not a way to connect with people. Uh, in fact, I imagine it makes the person going through IVF feel more isolated, like you really just don't effing get it. I interpret those statements as attempts to deflect discomfort, uh, Sorry, deflect the discomfort the supporter is feeling because they can't understand. Like they're building up a wall between them and their friend because they can't figure out how to relate. 
Um, I don't think any of this is conscious. I think we're when we're uncomfortable, we just act impulsively. And for people who are like, people with IVF should be patient. How would they feel? How, oh, sorry. How would you feel if you just admitted something extremely vulnerable about yourself to someone and they responded with saying, well, someone else I know with a totally different circumstance did fine. Uh, I think if supporters reciprocate that vulnerability by asking what would be helpful or saying, I have no scope for this, I'm sorry, the person doing IVF would absolutely show patience because it would be clear their support is trying if you're supporting someone going through IVF and you feel that they are being impatient, consider is that who they usually are? Chances are they are not acting like themselves because this is a time when he or she needs the most support. I hope that makes sense. I know this is an episode late, but... Oh, we're still talking about apparently. it. Apparently. Uh, I just want to say the best of my ability, Dory and Matt. I imagine this is really difficult. I'm listening. Like, listening to the tough stuff and to the podcast. Y'all are great. Cheers, Mary P. and Indy. Mary P. Mary Paula. Is this my mother? <laughs> Does, did she move to Indianapolis? I don't know. I talked to her today and she was still in Florida. So. There aren't enough lols. Uh, that's true. My mother would be lolling yep. at things. Yep. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer, and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top. Not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house, and I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, well, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. 
I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Um, I know you're sick of these Miracle Baby emails, but I do have one more that I want to read because I, I think... I didn't say I'm sick of it. I, I think, just said my brain is no longer processing this information. I thought this emailer had an interesting perspective that we hadn't heard from yet. Um, it's from Josephine, and she is... Wait for it. Josephine, have you ever heard the song by Titer called Josephine? It's T-E-I-T-U-R. Uh, it's a great, great, okay. great song. You just interrupted me. It's called Josephine. Anyway, she is, wait for it, a miracle baby story. My husband and I have been trying to conceive for about a year and a half when we were in our late 20s. We were about to start our first round of IVF. It was around the holidays and I was impatiently waiting for my period so we could get this show on the road. Finally, I decided just to take a test that usually makes my period appear. Oh, since that usually makes my period appear. And f- then I finally saw a positive pregnancy test. Now that you have the background, I have a confession. I hate that people can tell my miracle baby story to others and even to myself. I've heard numerous things like, oh, look, you just relaxed and see what happened. And I knew if you just stopped thinking about it, it would happen for you. To that, I say bullshit. I was probably at my most stressed at that time. We luckily had some insurance coverage, but it was enough to cover just one try. I just filled out the paperwork that determines what happens to the embryos if X, Y, or Z, which is just so daunting. My husband is also very squeamish around blood or anything medical, and I was about to let him stick needles in me. No, I was not relaxed. Fast forward to today, and I have an amazing seven-year-old boy. Yes, he's an only child. I still struggle with infertility even after my miracle pregnancy. I've learned to ignore comments like, don't you want more? Or he needs a brother or sister. Would I like more children? Definitely. Am I willing to get back on the infertility roller coaster? No. It was hard to come to a decision, but really empowering at the same time. Over the past year, I've gotten rid of all the baby stuff I was hoarding. And no, that did not bring on another miracle baby. Honestly, it was the hardest and best thing I've ever done. So to those of you who share your friends' miracle baby stories, I'm here to say, please do not. It's simply not your story to tell. Mm. Lots of love to you all. I thought that was a great perspective. Interesting. Well, it's certainly a different perspective. Yeah. it's like Not that it's not great. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's just like, how do you know that the person whose miracle baby story you're telling wants you to be telling it all over town? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on from miracle babies. and Well, that in and of itself is a miracle. <laughs> um, oh, my God. What? My wife hates me. <laughs> but you know what, honey? Here's the thing that I take comfort in. No matter how much you hate me, it will never be more than I hate myself. That makes me so sad. I know. Anyway, keep going. What's next? You need to work on your <laughs> self-worth. <laughs> so depressing. <sighs> Have you always been like this? No, I'm just in a real funk right now. Mm. But it's it's all it's all You were uh, not like this when we met. It's all weight related. I was the thinnest I ever was in my life when we met. Mm. Um, the week after we met I could never get lose those three pounds back to where I was when I met you so anyway um, so last week we put out we put out a couple of egg signals uh-huh. one of them was for anyone who had done IVF in Cape Town yes do you remember that yes I do <clears throat> um, so we heard from one person who said that she didn't do IVF in Cape Town, but she did do IVF in Barcelona. Barcelona. My husband and I live in the Bay Area, and after trying unsuccessfully on and off for three years, we discovered he has CBAVD, or a natural vasectomy. Maybe I have it. Who knows? Due to being a CF carrier. You're not a CF carrier. Damn. A huge shocker for us. We also felt like our clinic in the U.S. just didn't fit us, felt cold, and honestly, I was so petrified about the cost after each visit. Once we talked to the billing department and found out that our total would be at least $25,000 with no insurance help, we started looking for clinics abroad. After tons of crazy internet research, we settled upon an IVF clinic in Barcelona and had such a wonderful experience. We are so thankful that we followed our heart, even though it sounded crazy to many others. It worked for us. And we have a beautiful 13-month-old girl. 
Here are a few pointers that I recommend after doing IVF abroad. Contact your family doctor in an IVF clinic in your home country and inform them of what you are doing before you go. Mm-hmm. Also, let your clinic abroad know that they will need to send referrals and prescriptions for every procedure related to IVF that you will do in the U.S. We did not know this the first time around. We arrived back in the U.S. for our two-week wait and just assumed that IVF clinics would do our HCG blood tests in the U.S., Instead, it was a bumpy road of me explaining ourselves and being denied by clinics. It was incredibly disheartening to me when I was already in a very emotionally vulnerable place. However, I think if you plan ahead, this can be avoided. Mm -hmm. Rent a very comfortable space in the country that you'll be doing IVF in as you will spend a good amount of time there. We got an Airbnb so we could cook meals and the vacation part of our trip looked very different from when we usually travel. Usually when we travel, we are walking and exploring all day. However, by the end of our IVF trip, I truly believe I'd napped on most benches in Barcelona. Hmm. Growing follicles takes a toll on a lady. Understand that IVF looks different in other countries and make sure you ask questions to help you feel more comfortable with this. For for instance, in Spain, I was given progesterone suppositories instead of shots. On the first day of treatment, I was given a slow-release stim shot that lasted for seven days and therefore did not need to be given daily stim shots. Interesting. Mm. And all the drugs were included in our total price and we were able to get them at the clinic, which was so easy. Though you hate to go far too far down this road, discuss what you will do if it doesn't work as it is a little more complicated when you are abroad. We have one frozen embryo in Spain and are currently planning to go back in September. To be completely honest, there have been a few times where we have thought about how much easier it would be if our clinic was just down the road. Instead, we are renting Airbnbs, looking for dog sitters, planning an around-the-world trip with a one-year-old and hoping that my husband's job will be supportive again. Even though these extra planning steps, we are still com- even through these extra planning steps, we are still confident that this was the best decision for us, but it might not be for everyone. Also, consider the local economy and political climate and IVF laws. Last year, when there was turmoil in Barcelona, we followed the news closely and kept, dis- and kept saying, you stay away from our embryo. <laughs> of course, all is well, but it is an added component to consider. I hope this helps even in the slightest. I would be happy to s- discuss more via the Facebook group or phone if you would like. That might be an interesting interview. Mm, yeah. In the end, I think you go with what feels the best for you and then run in that direction with all you have. It worked for us and we are deeply thankful for it. Wishing you the best. And if you want to try IVF in Barcelona in September, we will be there. Best, Katie. I know another Katie. What do you think? Should we do IVF in Barcelona? Should we do IVF in Barcelona? I mean, we could do IVF in Barcelona if we just timed it to do it next hiatus. Um, That seems far away. (laughs) You think anything's going to happen between now and then? I don't know. Me either. But that's a year away. So who knows? Yeah. Um, All right. This is from Bronwyn. Bronwyn Snyder? She actually did do IVF in Cape Town. What? Yep. This whole time? Yep. This is unbelievable. Because, you know, she's just, this is the same person that's a Patreon supporter, right? Bronwyn? Yeah. Um, I don't know, but she didn't want us to say her last name, so. Oh, no. <laughs> How many Bronwyns are there? I actually think it's a semi-popular name in the UK. Isn't it Welsh? I don't know. I'm sure someone will correct us. Um. All right, Bronwyn says, I did this... Oh, no, this is actually spelled differently than our Bronwyn. Okay. Isn't it? Anyway, continue. I did this and can't recommend it highly enough. No, I don't work for any of the clinics. She's not guerrilla marketing the clinic, honey. Thank God. After two rounds in the UK at what were supposed to be the best clinics, I was fed up with spending all this cash and being treated by doctors who didn't seem to care at all. Mm, I feel like she's a paid review. (laughs) (laughs) I found the clinic in Cape Town... AV Toss was the one we went to to be excellent in terms of communication, clinical care, and above all, being caring and responsive. The treatment I received there delivered the best results in terms of egg numbers, although it all ended in miscarriage again. However, in terms of experiences, it was the best possible you could expect doing IVF. Plus, it was a third of the cost in the UK. Wow. Whoa. So if it was a third of the cost in the UK, it must be like 10% of the cost in the U.S. It was a bit different for me as I'm from Cape Town originally, so felt super comfortable traveling and staying there. And my doctor friend used the clinic and had rave reviews about it. And she had done all the research into clinics there. Had I not been from there, it would have been a bit of a leap of faith. 
There are lots of things to arrange and logistics to organize, but I believe it is worth it. Also, do keep in mind there's a higher than average crime rate in South Africa. However, millions of people visit every year and do so safely. Anyhow, if anyone wants to find out more info or talk to someone who has actually been through the process there and who's going back later this year for the fourth and final round, please share my email address. Regards, Bronwyn. Wow, that's a very... That's a very generous offer. Also uh, fascinating that we're having so many people that have something to say about this Cape Town stuff. Yeah. Like you'd think maybe one person. Really? Yeah. I mean... People are going abroad, apparently. Yeah. It's crazy. Why, yeah. why, are we, why aren't we going abroad? I, I just asked if you wanted to go abroad. Oh, and then I said, I don't have time? Mm-hmm. Well, I remember that now. Oh, boy. <sighs> <sighs> All right. Um, we sent out another egg signal last week for someone who thought she might have, um, I think she called it silent endometriosis. Mm-hmm. So this is from Anonymous. Oh, boy. Um, I'm a UK listener, another UK listener. Great. And have been listening since day one. I wanted to respond to one of your episode 83 callers about her rise in body temperature and if that's a symptom of endometriosis. I know a lot about endometriosis, having suffered with it for years, and at certain times during my cycle, my body temperature rockets, but only in the mornings. Interesting. It's so bad that I can't bear to have the house heated in the mornings, even in winter, and have to wait to the last minute before I get fully dressed and put my makeup on before heading out to work. Otherwise, I'd be sweating through it all. It's strange that I'd suffer that I've suffered with this for so many years, but never connected it to my endometriosis before. I just put it down to my cycle of hormones. For your caller, if she did have endometriosis, she wouldn't just have a spike in body temperature. It comes with a host of other and much more obvious symptoms, which would make diagnosis easy. The most common and most prominent being extremely heavy, long-lasting, and painful periods. Hmm. I'm at the very severe end of the scale. My periods are a minimum of seven days up to my all-time record of 18 days. I have to try and play my life around it, knowing that in the first two to three days, I need to be able to sit down as much as possible and make sure I've got enough pain meds to get me through. Endometriosis also can and does travel outside the uterus and can work its way to other parts of the body. Mine did that, and I had two separate rounds of surgery to remove it from five separate organs of my body. Oh, my goodness. Oh, dear. It even reached my diaphragm. It was a horrendous experience, but gave me around three years of relief from the symptoms. Sadly, it does grow back. Mine has, but they won't do any more surgery because of the scar tissue left behind from the previous two rounds and because they don't want to risk my fertility more than it has already been compromised. Last year, I went through five rounds of Clomid, which did nothing for me. I've just been through my first round of IVF and only got one egg during retrieval, which failed to implant at 39. I'm classed as too old for NHS funding. So that single round set us back 11,000 pounds. Okay. So it's not, I mean, it's cheaper out of pocket, but not like. Yeah. Free. Free. Throughout the process, all scans clearly showed the endometrial tissue taking up space in my ovary and uterus. And they've also been clear with me how detrimental this is to my fertility. Incidentally, in an early podcast, Dory mentioned a work colleague who had switched to gluten-free because she'd heard of a direct link between gluten and endometriosis. Since then, I've been gluten-free, and without question, it makes a difference. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. I hope this is helpful to your listener, Anonymous from the UK. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. We're really helping people. Yeah. Yeah. Again, looking for that miracle diet. Anyway. Um, all right. Do you want to read this next email from Anna? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Anna. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> all right, I'll read it. Hi, Matt and Dory. Yet again, I pause the podcast to write this. Oh, sorry. I'm responding to the caller who had a bad IUI at her Colorado clinic. 
from what I've seen in my own personal experience and my friend's experience, it's not uncommon to only meet with the nurses for IUI procedures. The doctors review your charts, but that's about it. I only had a doctor present at, I, I only had a doctor present at only one IUI. The doctor was only brought in because they tried four catheters and I was sobbing and nothing was working. Jesus Christ. That sounds horrible. Are you saying Jesus Christ because you're getting so many text messages? No, I was getting a notification. Oh. Um, and I was sobbing and nothing was working. Because of my traumatic experience, I asked them to put on my chart that any future IUI be done by a doctor. Something the caller might think about requesting before pursuing the Cape Town Clinic. Wishing you both and the caller luck, Anna. And then she emailed again right away and said, also, I just paused reply in outrage. Ah. Ben Franklin is buried in Philadelphia. What? At the Christchurch burial ground, not in Boston. How dare you? I really don't know why I feel so strongly about this, other than the fact that my husband constantly points it out to me when we drive or walk so past. So I'm thinking of the Gannery, the, sorry, the Granary Burial Ground in Massachusetts, okay? It's on Tremont Street. It's the final resting place of many notable Revolutionary War era patriots, including Paul Revere, all five victims of the Boston Massacre, John Hancock, Samuel Adams, Robert Treat Payne, uh... But it is called Franklin Cemetery. And that's wow. why I thought it was Ben Franklin. In May of 1830, trees were planted in the area and an attempt was made to change the name to Franklin Cere- Cemetery to honor the family of Benjamin Franklin. But the efforts failed. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, yeah, honestly, there is... Okay, so prominently displayed in the burial ground is an obelisk erected in 1827 to the parents and relatives of Ben Franklin. Ah. Who was born in Boston, but is buried in Philadelphia. Franklin's father, Josiah, uh, and his mother, Abaya, <laughs> are there and is constructed from granite that was used in the Bunker Hill Monument Quarry. Ooh. The obelisk was constructed to replace the original Franklin family gravestones, which were in poor condition, and the new memorial was dedicated the 15th of June, 1827. <laughs> well, there you go. So that's why, in my head, he was there. So I'm, I'm just uh, really sorry, everybody. Yeah. Sorry I messed that up. But hey, Paul Revere's there. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, all right. We're getting, we're getting to the end here. (laughs) What? Of what? Of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Megan wanted us to send out the egg signal to see if anyone with unexplained infertility has had multiple chemical pregnancies. And if there's anything that they did to successfully carry a pregnancy after having the multiple chemicals. So if anyone has had that, experience so she had six iuis one frozen transfer and has gotten pregnant three times in a row but they've all just been chemical present pregnancies so that is uh she's also she had good response to stims 22 22 eggs 22 eggs retrieved 14 14 fertilized option was to freeze a day three or wait for them to become blastocysts and since we had so many that look good the choice was made to take them to blast while none made it not a single one doesn't that sound like a sperm issue it does. Uh, it does. It might be. I, I mean. Megan, what's going on with your husband? Uh, it says, he's, she says they've had good results in all of our fertility tests, but I don't really know what that means. Interesting. So well, I'd like has to know. he done a DNA fragmentation? Has he done the Episona test? You can go to Episona.com, E-P-I-S-O-N-A. For $495, you can get your husband's sperm DNA tested. Uh, but yes, I'm curious. I'm asking you, Megan, what the deal is over on that side because of Because we have been told that what happens after day three is generally a sperm issue. Yes, we've been told this by one doctor. And all the embryologists at our clinic. That's all what, the embryologists. That's what they say. Um, she also has a PS. Yeah. I had to laugh at you guys knocking AJ in the Disney food blog. Oh, sorry. A few episodes back. 
Disney World content and podcasts are in my regular rotation. So for me, it was like a crossover episode. Though I must say, Matt, I was shocked that you didn't know there was a whole world of Disney podcasts yeah, out there. Yeah, I really did. The, you know, I will say there's a couple uh, I've seen that uh, have YouTube videos of them doing the podcast. And there's one particular one that I find incredibly annoying. Uh well, there's a couple I find very annoying. And, you know, I'm happy to talk about you, talk to you about this anytime because. Well, she says, I figured you had been a guest on one of them at some point. No. If you're looking to stick your toe in that world, I highly recommend Wedway Radio, The Dis Unplugged, which is also on YouTube. Is that the one you just. I don't know. Uh and the Disney Dish with Jim Hill and Len Testa as good places to start. Uh, I want to know the one that I was like, this is terrible. Just so I can knock it on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I, oh, man. Oh, I can't. Honey, talk for a second. Okay. Well, you know, we we heard from someone we haven't heard from in a while. Whose name is... Oh, Lex, buddy. Yep. Lex has surfaced. I mean, last week I did I did wonder aloud whether Lex was still listening to the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he is here to say, <laughs> well, I know it's been too long since I've written in when not only are other emailers asking about my well-being, but Dory is questioning if I even listen anymore. <laughs> so Weeks true. on the road have a tendency to drift into one another, and I almost always intend to write in and decide not to, figuring that I have little, if anything, to add to the actual IVF discussion. Although I've almost written in on a few of the other ongoing discussions, such as hobbies, to try or the whole warrior friends trying to give encouraging advice thing. Mm -hmm. As for the latter, I'm on Dory's side. Oh, it 100% is dis, dis unplugged is, is the one you can't stand. 100% <laughs> is the one that like, I just don't, I just, these guys like, is it? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Totally. Anyway, I'm sorry, Lex, I didn't mean to interrupt you and my wife. Um, all right. I always get aggravated when I tell someone something about an issue or problem that I'm having and they immediately move to either out of discomfort or ego, trying to both solve my problem or tell me that it's all going to be okay. I understand that it is often coming from a well-meaning place, but it often ends up just making me feel like my frustration or anger is not legitimate. A lot can be accomplished in friendship by saying something like, Oh shit, that sucks. Or even better by just listening. Anyway, to answer the emailer's question, I have gotten blood pressure and cholesterol under control through eating a lot better and some low dose medicine. I've cut way back on soda. No offense to the kind emailer who asked about me, but even though I was born and now live in the Midwest, I was raised in California and refused to say pop. It's a soda. <laughs> I've spent the last few weeks recovering from a bad back sciatica. Oh no. So I've slacked off a bit, but it's moving in the right direction again. Only exciting news from the road is that a few weeks ago, I finally got to Massachusetts and Vermont. Hey. Meaning I've now been to, and I think slept in 46 states, New Hampshire, Maine, Alaska, and Hawaii. If Nicely you're wondering. done. One final note. I am now obsessed with Matt's idea of guerrilla marketing by emailing podcasts. <laughs> it's going to make me second guess everyone who I ever hear writing into a show now. Thanks. Lex. Well, Lex, I am so glad you're still out there and you're trucking along. He keeps on trucking. Um, guys, I haven't seen Avengers Infinity War yet. Does that surprise you? Yes, I agree. It surprises me as well. Hmm. Well, I think that just about does it for our show today. Wow. Yeah. We really did it, everybody. Uh, remember, you can support us on Patreon and get up to two bonus episodes per month by going to patreon.com slash adventure. And again, I just want to say a, a huge thank you to our Patreon supporters. You really keep us going. And if you support us at the $5 level or above, that's $5 a month, just $5 a month, you'll get your name read on the podcast each month. Plus, you also get the back catalog of the Patreon episodes if you support us there. And it's just an RSS feed. You can pop it right into your podcast app and you get all of the bonus episodes going back, what, like a year? I have no idea. Yeah, I think there's like 25 bonus episodes at this point or something. I have no idea. So There might be four. It's a lot of content, you know. Um, I mean, do you want to do the honors? 
Uh, yeah, these are our Patreon supporters. We're reading their names because they're better than you. Sarah Rystad Long, Tara Robstad, Magana Prasad. I've messed up. I'm being waved off. Oh, I, I forgot to delete a name that doesn't like to be read. And I don't see it. It's coming. Oh, the, which one is it? Then you start reading and okay. skip it. I will read. Um, all right. Sarah Rystad Long. Tara Robstad, Magana Prasad, Katrine Barrison, Nicola Skidmore, Mary Basica, Nicole Pandey, Meryl Stark, Kelsey Kinneman, Kate Kudlick, Martin Hedegaard Peterson, Christy Magsalis. Oh, I see it. Cosmo Moore, Chanami Worth, Anne Real, Tyler Rosewood, Mackenzie Erickson, Mike, Kim, and Leo. Woof. Michelle Kitzmiller, Liesel Rampano, Julie Phillips, Darlene Estramera, Muriel Kloss, Carrie Smith, Jason King, Rachel Downey, Sabrina Stern, Michelle Hagen, Becca Foster, Anonymous, Ariana Perry, Jolene Sigler, Sarah Yim, Lisa in West Virginia. She might also be in, in just a place called WV. You never know. That's true. Maud Tremblay. That's a good name. Maud Tremblay. It reminds me of Madame Tussaud. Because, just, because, just because it looks like it. Chris Dibble. Lori Leeming. Heather Nelson. Jack Woodyard. Mm-hmm. Erica Brown. Carolyn N. Shari Olson. April Sherry. Ben. A PhD. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie Thompson. Kim Thompson. Chelsea Rosger. Megan Cantwell, Sarah Prager, Tanya Davidova, Manda Johnson, Melinda Phelps, Kelly Zimmerman, Emily McNaughton, Rachel Dillon Snyder, Stephanie Serrano, Benji Burlow, Catherine Shimmons, Leslie Shoup, Darren Deshong, Sasha B., formerly known as Salsa87, Arthur Finney, Christine Moore, the Holderman clan, Nikki H., Laura Mayer, Margaret Metcalf, Narantha Balagopal, Kathy Hill, Carly Moore, Sarah Burry. Thank you all. Congratulations. You're all better than everyone else. Uh, We'll have some more names next week. And uh, yeah. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.